So we're in a new series, and I want to talk to you about that series today uh, to introduce this series to you. Uh, the series is cream, but cream stands for something. Uh, cream stands for these words, cash, rules, everything around me. That's what cream stands for. Cash rules everything around me. My title today is a dot, 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 these words, but not me. So cash rules everything around me, everything in my orbit, everything I'm called to do, everything I'm supposed to have, every place I'm supposed to go, everything I'm supposed to experience, cash rules that. whether I want to admit it or not. But it doesn't rule me. And the less, I'm getting right into it, right? <laughs> the less I allow cash to rule me, the more cash I'll have. So, say it with me, cash rules everything around me, and then with a little bit of stank and attitude, say, but not me, <laughs> right, okay? Cash rules everything around me, but it doesn't rule me. So now, we're going to talk about money. This, this series about, is about money, it's about my finances, it's about what God wants me to experience, and it also leads up to a first fruit offering that we receive on the 28th of March. And for the month of April, those who are still trickling in with their first fruit, we're going to keep receiving it. But that's our special, special day. Now, so look at me real good now. Everybody look at me real good. Those of you online, look at me real good because I know some are asking this question. Why would you teach about money? Why? Money upsets a lot of people. Uh, and I care about you. So I have to teach about money and finances because it's literally ruling your world. It's telling you what you can do. It's telling you where you can go. It's telling you what you can do for your family. It's telling you how quick your dreams can manifest. That's what money is doing, right? So we're teaching this for three basic reasons. The basic reason we're teaching this is for revelation. It might be something new you've heard. It, it, it might turn on a light in your head and in your mind. It might help you understand why your mom and your dad or your uncle or whoever's in your house keeps talking to you about the power of us managing and being good stewards over our money. It will help our children. It will help everyone around us to understand exactly what our family is doing. Revelation. The next, thing, next reason is knowledge. Once the light goes on, I'm praying that you'll seek the knowledge and learn, not just from me, but, but learn from anyone who can teach you about the rudiments of money. And then the last thing, the last reason we teach this is for wisdom. Wisdom is the application of the knowledge you've learned. How do you apply what you've learned? Now, we teach about family and why. We teach about family and sometimes your family can be in a difficult spot. But we teach about family so that you can do what? The same three things, revelation, knowledge, and wisdom. We teach, we teach about loving Jesus. We teach about becoming a kingdom citizen. Why? The same three reasons, revelation, knowledge, and wisdom. We teach about healing physically, emotionally, psychologically. We teach about healing. Why? For the same three reasons. So we can't leave money out. Someone in here today is going to hear something, it's going to happen to you, and it's going to be a blessing to you because you're going to get a revelation knowledge, and you're going to start to use this knowledge with every penny you get, right? So do me a favor for the next 30 or 40 minutes. Do me a favor and yourself a favor. Say it with me. Get above it. Don't take it personally. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take a step back from your checkbook right now. Take a step back from your net worth. Take a step back from the bills that are on, on the table at home or wherever they are, right? Take a step back and look at your money situation objectively. 
Don't make yourself the subject of it. Why? If you make yourself the subject of what I'm going to say, you're going to be like, dang, what's wrong with me? No, you're going uh, <laughs> to be like, how did I get here? I should be further along. I should be worth more. I should have never bought that. I, and that's not what we're doing. Take a step back. Say it with me. Take a step back. Take a step up and look down on it. Don't put yourself in the situation I'm teaching about. Because none of us are there. Am I making sense? Am I spending too much time on this? This is very, very, very important. Okay. Now, let me give you a few myths. I'm going to go through these very quick. Myths about money. But myths about money in church. Talking about Christian folks. Folks who say they love Jesus. Let me run through them real quick. Say money myths. The first myth is that money is the root of all evil. It's a myth. The Bible actually says in 1 Timothy 6 and 10 that the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. Y'all don't want to say nothing. Y'all keep, keep saying that. Money is the root of all evil. It's not. It's when you fall in love with it. Say, it doesn't rule me. Number two, my blessing has nothing to do with my giving. My blessing, my life, my financial life, say stay above it now. My life I have currently is not correlated to my giving. That is a myth. It's not true. Because whoever sows sparingly, <laughs> whoever gives sparingly, whatever, the farmers, we live in farm country. So that man puts seed in one acre. How much, how much corn should he expect from that one acre? But if he puts it, if he puts it on all thousand acres, what should he expect? Right, so what you sow is, is totally connected to what you reap. Number three, quick. We got to give that vaccine quick and get that needle out of your arm. Number three, I can love God and not give. I meet, I mean, I meet ignorant people all the time who say, I love God, but giving, uh, God's not really interested in that. No, I'm going to tell you who you are in just a minute, but stay above it now. Okay, number four. <laughs> number four, money management is not connected to true riches. You want influence, power. You want people to listen to your advice. You want your business to grow. You want all these true riches, friendships, relationships, great families, but you don't understand that your money management is tied to true riches. That's Luke 16, 11. I'm not going to go through that with you. These are just myths. You ready? Number five is there's nothing in the Bible about giving regularly. <laughs> this, is a, this is a Christian myth. That's first. That's 1 Corinthians 16, 1 to 2. Now concerning collecting, uh, collecting for the saints, Paul said, I direct you, the churches in Galatia, get the offering ready. I'm coming through there. And tell them while I'm coming to give regularly so that when I go to Troy, when I go over here, I can take the gospel to these people. Sixth myth is, if I give, I will not have enough. It's actually the opposite. Philippians 4, 18. <clears throat> I am well supplied, having received from Ethopolis the gifts you sent. And God will supply all your needs, but he's going to attach it to your giving. He attaches everything in our kingdom to our giving. How many is that? Number seven. God doesn't give me money specifically to give. It's a myth. Some money that comes through your hands is not for you. Some cars that come to you is not for you. Some houses that come to you are not for you. Some opportunities for better jobs. You don't, you, do you know, there were a few times they said, I want to promote you, Martin. And all of a sudden, sitting at my desk, I knew the promotion wasn't for me. This is not yours. Martin, this is not your promotion. You need to go talk to, what's his name, a couple cubicles down. 
This is the right one for him. It's the right fit for him. It's more money, but it wouldn't have been the right fit for me. Mine is always going to come, but I have to realize what's for me, what's coming through me, not just what's coming to me. Why is this opportunity coming to me? Is it for me? Is it for someone else? Taking too long. Eight, I can serve both God and money. I can serve them both. You can't. Next, God doesn't want me to be financially successful. God could care less about me being successful. God doesn't care if I have money. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if I have money. He doesn't care if I have money. It's a myth. He cares whether you have money or not. Why? Because when he wants to do something, he's not going to go and ask a sinner. Okay. Is, is y'all all right? Are y'all all right? Why would he go ask someone who doesn't love him to do something for him? Do you think, do you think, do you think, do you think, do you think in your mind that as we were building this church on first fruit, we built this whole thing on first fruit? Whole thing. Do you think I could have? Okay, I'm not gonna name names. But okay, but you, do you think I could have went to some of the sinners in this city and said, uh, uh, you know, we 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 missing, we're missing two hundred thousand dollars. I just need you to give it, not alone. Do you think those sinners would have done it? No. So that's why he came to me and Linnell. He needs you to have more than you have so he can come to you. He needs to be able to come to you when your neighbor's being kicked out. He needs to be able to come to you when a child needs a scholarship. He needs to be able to come to you when someone gets COVID and it's $100,000 to get the real stuff. Okay. Y'all do know there's some real stuff, don't you? <laughs> there's some real stuff they can give you, and then in one day, you're standing up straight. It just costs money. More people die every year because they don't have money. He wants to give it to you and your family. He wants you to be able to tell your kids, go to school, but I'm going to hire you when you're done. I'm getting stuck in the midst. Number 10, last one. The money that I earn and possess is mine. That is a myth. None of it is mine. Say, stay above it now. None of it is mine. Every time you say my money, my house, my cars, there is a thing that happens in the brain of God, cognitive dissonance. It's not connected. He'd be like, oh, yours. Oh, okay. This, this is really interesting. So allow money, allowing money to rule you is amazing. Now, how much does the Bible talk about money? Let me just tell you this. The Bible has 500 verses about prayer, but more than 2,000 verses about money. It's all over the Bible. Matthew 6, 19. Here are a few scriptures about how Jesus looked at money. Whether Jesus himself, not Paul, not John, not any of these other guys. What did Jesus say about it? Because we didn't get him right. We didn't understand what he was really trying to say. And I'm going to tell you today. I'm going to show it to you. Right? Here's what Jesus said. Matthew, and they put all the scriptures up. You can put them all in your notes, right? You look them up later. Matthew 6, 19, Jesus basically relays this message. Don't lay up treasures here. Don't you lay up no treasures here. You don't need no nice car here. You don't need no bank accounts. You don't need no gold in the bank. You don't need no silver. You bury it in the ground in the backyard of granddad's house. So if something happens to the economy, you'll have millions. People say that Jesus said, don't lay up treasure here. 
In Luke 12, people say, in the 33rd verse, they say that Jesus said, sell all you have, give it to the poor. Why? For where your treasure is, your heart will be. You've made money your treasure, so it's better for you to be broke. It's better for They think Jesus was saying, don't lay up your treasure here. Sell it all and give it away to the poor. What do poor people do with money? Oh, you're not going to answer me. (laughs) Let me tell you what poor people do with money. They spend it until they don't have any more. They never invest. They never see the power. They never see the power of that incremental increase on your money. They don't understand the principle of your money working harder than you. So they think it's better for you to sell your billion dollars worth of stuff and give it to poor people. They think that's what he's saying. I'm going to show you what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Stay above it. Don't be mad. Luke 12, 15 says, they think Jesus is saying, they think Jesus is saying, uh, take care, be on your guard against covetousness. If you have anything more than what you need, you're you're coveting, you're hoarding. You got too much. You need to give it away. That's what they think Jesus is saying. In Luke 21, these are the verses of Jesus talking about money that people overlook. He is talking to the rich young ruler and he starts talking to him. And he says, truly, he's going to tell his disciples, I'm telling you, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Well, you know what? I want to be a kingdom citizen. So I can't be rich. Now, when you look at me like that, it makes me feel like you down in it. You look at me like you think I'm fussing at you. I am not. That's not that's not what's happening here. It's just the principle. They're saying, I want to be a kingdom citizen, so what I got to do is give everything away, and that is not what Jesus is saying. Now, now, let, let, me, uh, let me just have you write this down. Don't lose your dominion to money. Don't trade your personal power. Don't sell it to money. You are a money generator. Money is attracted to you. It comes out of nowhere. You don't even have to, you don't even have to pray for it. You don't have to manipulate for it. You don't have to cheat anybody. You don't have to steal it. It just comes. It flows into your life because you don't care what's happening. You always believe. That something is flowing into your family. Hallelujah. I I get excited when I start talking about the provision of our king. You can't ask God for a million acres he won't give you. The question is, can you receive a million acres from God? Okay, so now watch this. Is this all right? I don't ever think I'm connecting, so I work too hard sometimes to connect. Matthew 24. Oh, no, no, no. Let me see. Matthew 24. Matthew 6, 24. This is what Jesus said. He said, no man, read it. No man can serve two masters. Serve two ma- no, nobody can serve two masters. And we're wondering, what is the, what is the master? Is, is the car the master and the other one is the house? Is it this and then that? He's going to tell us what the two masters are. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve. He tells you what the two are. You can't serve God and the enemy of money. He says they are, they are opposed. They are polarized. You have to choose. 
You have to choose which one you serve. I'm almost done. So now watch this now. Let's go down to Mark 10. I want to tell you what Jesus was saying. Y'all good? Because no one who's ever preached and told you that the poorer you are, the better you are. Man, what? What father wants to say no to his child? Do you know money is the reason for your stress? What if your children are under stress, your wife's under stress, your husband's under stress, and all of a sudden you just decide, you know what, I hired a teacher, we're going to Mexico for a month, we're just getting out of here. We're going to swim in the morning, you're going to have class one hour a day, we're going to do some sightseeing, we're just going to hang out for a month. They don't allow stress in Mexico. <laughs> you ain't going to have no stress in Jamaica, Hawaii. <laughs> Stay above it now. Stay above it now. Ain't nobody talking about you. <laughs> Headaches come from lack of money. High blood pressure. Divorce. Heart's disease. Strokes. Because your body was made before sin. Okay. Listen. The body you're in was made before there was sin. It wasn't created for stress. Your body wasn't created for. Hey, is Martin there? No. <laughs> your body was not made for that. Your, your, body, your, 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 your body, sir, was not made to handle telling your wife no. Your body was made for, yes, we can do that. Yes, we can go there. Yes, you can go to that school. We kill our kids so they can get a scholarship. You are the scholarship, mom and dad. Y'all want the scripture now, don't you? <laughs> I get it. 21. Where are we at? 21. So watch it now. Jesus is getting ready to talk to the rich young ruler. What is he? He's rich. He's young. He's a ruler. Lift up all your legs and your hands. <laughs> Say next, Lord. Rich, young, and ruling. He's rich, which is the last part of wealth. He's got money. He's young, vibrant, using his ideas. And he's amazingly ruling. He's in dominion. But he comes to Jesus. And he says, now, Jesus, I need some help here. There's something missing from my life. I don't know what it is. He says, I obey all the commandments, all 10 of them. I do everything. I honor my mom and dad. I do all this stuff. And Jesus wants him to understand something. And this is the one that you misuse the worst. Because one of his disciples got it wrong. Three got it wrong. One wrote down everything Jesus said. And nobody will read this one to you. Guess what? Lily Mae's baby boy, I'm going to read it to you. Watch this now, 21st verse. No, you read it to yourself, read. Then Jesus, okay, because, okay, because Jesus said, go, okay, Jesus tested him. He says, now go sell everything. Go sell everything, give it to the poor. Sell everything, give it to the poor. He rich, young, and ruling. 
Sell everything, give it to the poor. He walked away sad. He was so sad because he couldn't do that because money owned him. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Read it. And said to him, what did he say? One thing you lack, go your way, sell what you have, and, and then you will have and Hold up. Now you got me in this weird Christian church. I'm a rich man. I run a business. I want to be wealthy. I do what I do. I want to be very wealthy. I want to be able to do what I got to do. And now you're telling me in the church, sell all that. (laughs) Sell all that. Give something to the poor. Give it to AWC. And then get you a Bible and get up here and start preaching in this pulpit, boy. That's what you call to do. Forget that money. That ain't going to work for everybody. <laughs> that ain't work for me. <laughs> uh-uh. But he was sad. Read it at this word. And went away sorrowful for he had. He had great possessions. So then Jesus looked around. He said, let me stop talking to these, this guy, this rich young ruler. The rich young ruler is walking away. Jesus turns to his disciples because they are responsible to understand true riches. They need to understand what money is, what it does, but most importantly, what's my relationship to money? I don't need a job. If I'm assigned to a million dollar house, okay. If I need that house to do what I'm called to do, it's on God to give me that. What am I, why am I worrying about stuff I can't do? I can't make you give me a job. I can't shoot you and say you're going to give me a million bucks. My job is to stand in God's presence and say, I need to get around. I need to be in New York today. I need to be in Memphis tomorrow. I need to be in Hukamanga on Thursday. Now I need a plane. For my assignment, I need this. I need a new tool so I can add to my inventory list and that tool will allow me to get another $5 million in business next year. Stay above it, what I say? So, so he says, let me finish this, please. Y'all keep interrupting me. Listen to what they say, sweetheart. How hard, read it. How hard it is for those who have riches to. These are Jesus' words. And they use these words. To convince you that you should not have riches. And Mark was the only one that kept writing. Matthew, John, Luke, they stopped writing. Mark is hanging around. You know why he's hanging around? Because of this right here. He's hanging around because of this. And the disciples were astonished because they're trying to figure out, he just said we can't be rich, but privately, (laughs) privately he's been talking to us about riches. Watch this. Watch this. And the disciples were astonished by his words, but Jesus answered again saying to them, children, how hard it is for those who, don't, not today, don't mess with me today. How hard it is for those who trust in the riches. The riches have them. They don't have the riches. How hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The eye of the needle is not, I had to thread something today and put something together 
in my clothes I was wearing. I'm like, I, I, I need to add that. I need that secure. I don't need that popping the loose. So we don't need no wardrobe. Yeah. I had to get my wife's reading glasses to thread the needle. But as I'm threading this needle, I'm thinking to myself, God wasn't talking about a rich man trying to go through a real needle. It's not the eye of the needle. Come on, go, how ignorant, right? It's not the eye of a needle you use to thread things. Every city, at the end of the night when it was dark, they closed the big gates. The big gates you couldn't just come through. They closed the big gates, but inside the gate was a eye of the needle. The eye of the needle was made for one man to come through. Then if he had other things, he could bring them through. But he had to come through first and represent himself. The eye of the needle works like this. If I have a camel, if I have a camel loaded down with gold and I want to get in the city, I got to go to the city doors and say, this is Martin Williams. I'm a citizen here. And they'll say, come in. I got to go into that kingdom without my camel. I got to oh, get in that city without my money, without my stuff on the camel's back. I got to go in and say, I am who I am. Then they'll say, go get your stuff. I can't send my stuff in first. I got to go in first to prove who I am. He said, a rich man won't do that, Dwayne. A rich man is going to say, I ain't coming in unless I can bring this. This is a man who's being owned by his money. Shout it. Don't let money own you. Don't, don't let it own you. 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 Don't put God against OPPD. I'm just not going to do it. So now Jesus said something else. Sorry for all the religious people listening to me today. We're going to shoot that religion you got, take it home, skin it, and cook this thing. Watch this. Now watch this. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, listen, listen to their attitude. Who can be saved then? We're all rich. Okay. Okay. He just said you can't, you can't come in. Unless you don't, if, if, if you're rich. They're like, uh, <laughs> Jesus didn't come to the church to find disciples. I stopped that years ago. You Christians taught me something. Okay. Okay, I'm not going to get into that today. You be careful the Christians you go into business with. You be careful the Christians that you help get from where they are. Okay. Okay, here, he's fussing now. <laughs> and they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, listen, with you men it's impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Now, I want you to go down to the 28th verse. Y'all ready for this? <clears throat> Tighten up your jockstrap right here. Because this is going to be so unchristian. Then Peter said to him, see, we left all to follow you. They're still talking about the rich young ruler. Read the next verse. What did Jesus say? Surely, let me, let me, let me tell you what I was trying to do with that young rich man. I was trying to show him a principle that if he doesn't love me in my kingdom, he just left and all his money is going to be gone when he gets home. He never should have come to me for the revelation. But now that he knows the truth, everything he's held dear is in jeopardy. You read it. Read it. So Jesus answered and said, surely I say to you, what? There is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake and who shall not receive a hundredfold when they get to heaven. 
Oh yeah, just give it, baby. When you get to heaven, when you get to heaven, there's going to be streets paved with gold for you. When you get to heaven, God's going to reward you. No, Jesus was trying to teach him, you're going to receive a blessing in this life. You're not going to die and receive it in heaven. You're going to receive it in and you're going to get what? A hundredfold. You got to just, I just, I got to spend 45 minutes one day just talking about the hundredfold. A hundredfold of houses, a hundredfold of lands, a hundredfold of dollars, a hundredfold of what you have given. You're going to receive that in this lifetime with persecution. Write it down. Write it down. One of the biggest benefits of this is that people are not going to like you. They're not going to like it that they got a doctorate degree and you got a high school diploma in there with everybody else. They're not going to like it when you live where you live. There are going to be conspiracies in your neighborhood. People are going to be like, how does she do that? Her husband just left her with all these kids and now she's wealthy and living in this powerful place. How did they get a thousand acres? Why is their business so blessed? Why did she sell a million records? She can't even sing. <laughs> yes! It's because your money doesn't have you. Somebody say, but not me. Say it again, but not me, but not me, but not me. Money doesn't rule me. Can I, can I show you something? A good friend showed me. Now, don't miss this illustration. Uh, Pastor Josh's illustrations are so prolific, you can't forget them. But this one you might forget. So pay attention. Anytime, anytime, Jenna, you have to do this, this, and then this is not God. Oh, let me talk to my son. <laughs> Anytime, Joshua, you have to do this, then this, then this. That's not God. This is how God works. This is how man of God works. A man of God, when he walks up, some woman of God, when she walks up someplace, she's not coming to ask somebody to do favors all the time. Reach into your pocket. Give it to them. Say, I've come to buy it. On the phone the other day, and they're like, how you, how you going to, so, so yeah, we need to figure out how we're going to do this. And I'm like, what are we, I didn't know what we were talking about. I didn't understand the language. When we need to figure out, I'm like, what are we figuring out? What do we, I mean, talk direct to me. I'm silly. I don't know what's happening. They said, we have to find a way to fund it. I said, what do, we, what, what do you mean find a way to fund it? What, what, what account is it? What's the routing number? And the, what's the number? They said, really? You're funding it? I said, I wouldn't. I don't ever go. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm never going to beg you. It ain't going to happen. I will starve waiting on God before I beg you. Well, you're just a proud man. You call it what you want. I don't care what you call it. If God wants to put you in a power position, somebody shout, I'm going to let him. Come on, I'm going to let him. I'm going to let him. If he wants to put me in a power position, I'm going to let him. Everybody can't get excited about this because they're looking at their little checkbook. And I'm just here to tell you, my sister, God don't write checks. God don't write checks. God just shows up and he just opens doors. He causes people to give you favor. He don't need no check to give you what he's getting ready to give you. 
He don't need nobody's permission to open the door for that great business. He doesn't need anybody to say yes but him. God can put that family together, put you in one house, and give you millions to boot. Say it with me. And they're not going to like me. 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 And let me tell you what to do with that. Look at me and tell me. Look at me and tell me. Look at me and tell me what you think about me. Point to me. Point to me. Say what you now point to me with your finger. Martin, what you think about me? Say it. Martin, what you think about me? It's none of my business. It's none of my business what you think. It's none of my business how you feel. It's none of my business what your mind, how your mind thinks it happened to me. Okay. That is none of my business. A man said to me, you think you're something. I said, I know I am. Well, you know they have a thing about rich Christians. And I said, I, what's the thing? You should be poor. And I said, oh, you're one of those ignorant Catholics, aren't you? You just don't know. If your Pope can walk around in a $20,000 Armani suit. With a $500,000 ring. And he's okay with you as a Catholic trying to rub two nickels together. Girl, I told her, I said, I will pack my bags, get my hat and my coat, grab my wife and my children, and I would go someplace that somebody believes that whatever God has, I can have. Okay, so here we go. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to be through in eight minutes. Mm -mm. Mm. I feel like, uh, I feel like in my heart, I feel like in my heart that today is a day of money manifestation. I, I feel like you can right there where you're sitting, I just say it, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy to you that everything you've been looking for for money, land, houses, everything you've been reaching out to God for, I release that word in this house. God says I've already done it. God says I'm going to open doors and give you favor. Everybody you talk to is going to say yes. People might fight you, but he's going to give you grace and favor with some others. I say money manifestation. Money manifestation. Money manifestation. Let God do the fighting. Keep your hands lifted. Okay, stop. Now sit down. Hey, hey, hey. Everything that's been held back from you, everything that you've been cheated, everything that you've been robbed, you've been accosted, you've been walking around in this place where the enemy has come into your city because there have been no walls. Every job, every promotion, regardless of how it didn't happen. Everything that's been taken, every drop of food that's been taken out of your children's mouths. Everything your great-grandfather should have had and it never manifested because of evil people. I'm saying in the name of Jesus, today is a day of money manifestation. God, I thank you for it. I receive it. Some amazing things are happening in my world and I receive that today. Lift your hands. Both of them. Lift your hands, Chad. Come on, Levon, lift your hands, lift your hands. 
Okay, keep your hands there for about five minutes. Hey, hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay, y'all sit down for real. I'm kidding. Okay. Quick now. Help me out, baby girl. Help me out. Help me out. You can't serve them both. Money is a hard taskmaster. Money will make you a slave. Don't serve it. Talk to your money if you have to. I ain't serving you no more. Done. I don't know what you got to do. I'm not serving you. The money I got, you're going to serve this business. That's what you're here to do. Serve this business. Serve my wife. Serve my children. I don't need no PPP. I'm not saying don't get one. But my help ain't coming from no PPP. Not in my business. My help comes from the Lord. I do not want to tell my children that another man fed them. God fed us. Let me tell you what was happening, son. This is where we were, but God stepped in. He used that person, but it was God. Let me tell you how we got the land. Sweetheart, you holding your babies, now you're holding them. When they get older, you're gonna look them in the face and say, let me, let me tell you the history of the blessing of the Lord. What he did. And now, son, I won't be here long. But in your generation, God's going to multiply what he did in my generation to you. Trust him. And everything I left for you, leave that for God. If he asks for it all, give it all. Number two, your giving right now is a sign of who you're serving. sign your money is a hard taskmaster and money should serve you and you can't serve God without money pastor you got to give me some Bible on that one Pharaoh let my people go. So Pharaoh says, I'll let your people go, but y'all go out there. Go serve God, but you got to leave your cattle here. <laughs> Moses is like, mm-mm. We got to have our cattle. Because that's how we're going to serve him in the wilderness. We're going into the wilderness to make sacrifices. The reason we need our cattle is because we're going out here to give. We, we, we can't leave. Okay, y'all don't understand cattle. Every woman in the place got a purse. Hold it up. <clears throat> got a purse. Hold it up. What's that made of? Leather. <laughs> That's cattle right there. These brothers ain't got nothing in their pocket. An empty wallet. But in that, in that cattle thing right there, that girl got everything. She got you by the everything. <laughs> which is good. Stay away from weird women with, about money. You should be able to trust her with your life. But don't give it to her if she won't study money. Okay. Cash only works for you if you don't work for it. If you work for money, it will refuse to work for you. Money is a weird thing. It runs from people. It runs from people who are desperate for it. 
So release your desperation. Uh, don't worry. Why are you worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to do? Why are you worried about that? He says, stop worrying about all that. Just seek first the kingdom and how it works. And all that stuff will be added to you. You'll never go a hungry day in your life. Every year your net worth will go up, even if your pay at your work doesn't. Money is a test for true riches. Steward your money, but don't own it. Steward it. I didn't put these up there because I wanted you to look at me for these last two. God will not share your love with money. God's never going to be second. Your boyfriend might be good with seconds, girl. Your girlfriend might be second, good with seconds, being the second girl. God's never going to be second. He's not going to share your love with money. He's just not going to do it. He refuses. Fumi, Fumi made me this suit two years ago. She made this for me. And I've lost 30 pounds since, you know, so. But the Lord reminded me of something, so I called her. The Lord reminded me of something I said. I said, God, when I'm there, the number in my mind, those four legs that fit around the table of wealth, I said, when I'm there in my mind, I'm going to wear an all orange suit. I'm just going to put it on because it'll be a day for me. So this week, the Lord said, Martin, you're there spiritually. You're, your mind, your heart, you're ready. Wear the orange suit. So I tried it on and I'm like, well, it doesn't really fit. <laughs> but it was about this story that changed my life. Cain and Abel in Genesis 3 Genesis 4 they both brought an offering to the Lord one brought some stuff from the field some fruit and some vegetables the other one bought first fruit he brought first fruit to God with the fat and God said I like this offering because it's first before you know what you're going to get next. The other offering, you had 25 bushels. You just brought me one. You don't really trust me. God said this. God said this to him. He said, you are missing one thing. And if you don't get this right, sin lies at the door. Why are you mad at your brother? He just honored me with first. If you go back and honor me with the first, you'll be, we'll be fine. He didn't do that. He killed his brother <laughs> over a first fruit offering. And God said to him, sin lies at your door. What it wants is you. Then he said these words, but you must overcome it. And what was the it? The it was, you don't see what you have right. You think it's yours. Your brother knows it's not his. Listen to me now. But if you don't get that one thing right, sin is right outside this door. In other words, if you don't see money right, you're going to live a life of poverty. 
You're going to live a life of lack, misunderstanding. So he says, you've got to take care of this. He didn't take care of it. He killed his brother instead. And then God gave him his recompense. Since you wouldn't do what I asked and you killed your brother, you will be a vagabond the rest of your life. Do y'all know what a vagabond is? A vagabond is a person who has nothing, can go nowhere. They have no possessions. They have no family. They have nothing. He says, you're going to walk around the earth with no land. You're going to walk around with no possessions. I'm separating you from your mom and dad. You'll have nothing from this day forward. And he said to God, you've given me a punishment that I can't bear. This is too much. My mom and dad own everything and now you're telling me I'll own nothing. You never hear of him again. Say it. Cash rules everything around me. But not me. If we don't get this right, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. If the enemy of this world can get your head wrapped around money, you'll never live. You'll never go anywhere. You'll never take a risk. You'll never go into business. You'll never enjoy your life. You'll never allow the people around you to enjoy their life. God, please release us from marrying somebody who won't let me enjoy my life. <laughs> my wife said to me once, she says, uh, so when are we going to spend some of this? She did a hand like that. I said, what do you mean? She said, uh, we reached our goal here. Every time we reached our goal, we would go celebrate God and celebrate our family. I said, you're right. I just got lost in it. I just got too busy. I just wasn't thinking. I'm not against it. And I said, but now I have to change my nomenclature, which are my words and my attitude built around my words. I got to change them. So I said, next time you want to talk to me, use this word. Martin, when is the next opportunity for us to invest in ourselves? I like that word, invest. Investing has returns. Can I tell you something about your family? Your husband will smile if he's doing what he loves. Your wife, sitting in a spa, somewhere around the world, excuse me, I pull up my page. Your wife sitting in a spa someplace, getting her fingers and her hooves done. That girl's creativity will leap. Your children will be like that great story of the kid Ernesto in Peru. After the earthquake, the children in the school were buried there. Only five of them survived. And they stopped looking for them, long story short. Three, four days later, they're having funerals and they just imagine all the kids were dead. And Ernesto said, uh, I have a good father. He will find me. He will not stop until he finds me. All the other boys started giving up. They just began to die because they didn't understand the heart of Ernesto's father. 
Ernesto says, y'all don't know my dad. <laughs> He's going to find me. Sooner or later, day seven, they hadn't eaten or drink. It was They were dying. And finally, someone broke through and said, Ernesto. Ernesto said, Papa. He said, come to me, son. Ernesto said, take the other boys first. They are afraid. Take the other boys out first, Papa. So he rescued the other boys out. Then Ernesto came out. And he told the other boys, I told you. My father is going to find me. <laughs> this God that people keep telling you about who's mean and mad all the time. He's mad at gay people. He's mad at people having abortions. He's mad at people who don't vote for who they think they should vote for. God is mad all the time. He's not the real God. He's your father. I mean, he just wants you to, he just wants you to live under his graces. He doesn't want you to earn it. You can't earn it. You, you, you can't pay for this. But all he requires is that you reverence him for the source of it. <laughs>